Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, folks, welcome to the free Savage Nation podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But for those of you who have been requesting that we provide for you an ad-free podcast, we're going to keep doing that. And in addition to getting the ad-free podcast, which many of you want, for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month, only $3.99 a month, you're going to get an occasional monologue from me. Maybe I'll read from one of my novels. You're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994. Whatever comes up, you're going to get on an occasional basis. It's easy to join the exclusive club. Simply go to michaelsavage.com and click on the exclusive club link. It's that easy. I appreciate it very much. I hope you join the Savage Exclusive Club. I want to thank you very much for supporting the Savage Nation podcast, either the free version or the paid version your patronage it's appreciated it's that simple thank you so much for listening all right welcome back to the michael savage podcast today is a big change from the last podcast which was an attempt to avoid the horrors of the world i did savage cars and coffee and news many of you love that one it's very popular today we're going to talk about the father of the h-bomb Edward Teller, who has since passed away. And the fact is, this interview was done in 1999. It's extremely rare, extremely important. And there's a lot of new commentary by myself. This interview with Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, is the most important interview of my radio career. Teller is among the greatest minds in human history. We also talked back in 1999 about Chinese spying, the neutron bomb, Reagan's Star Wars program and listen to what he says when I ask him do you believe in God and what he has to say about religion an interview that will live for decades but before I do that I want to do the news of the day because uh, I guess everyone loves coffee and news of the day right coffee and news of the day on the Savage Nation podcast so let's begin with the stories that hit michaelsavage.com Crime wave spins out of control. That was me on the Newsmax television show the other night because there's a crime wave spinning out of control in all major cities run by left-wing Democrats with DAs put in there by George Soros to make sure that the criminals can rob, beat, mug at will. And you'll hear what I have to say about that. Mentally disordered Rashida Tlaib calls to defund the immigration agencies amid border crisis. We must eliminate funding for CPB, ICE, and their parent organization, DHS. Time after time, we have seen it. 
as advocates on the ground, as human services agency on the ground to continue to see over and over again that these agencies are inept uh, to humanely guiding migrants through our immigration system and further continue, instead, they further continue to terrorize migrant communities located within our communities. So the country is being overrun with illegal aliens and the mentally disabled. I, I think she's a front for the Muslim sisterhood, by the way. And let's stop with the mentally disordered. That loud mouth knows what she's doing. That shock wig from Michigan knows what she's doing. And she wants to destroy the United States of America. In another time, we would have had J. Edgar Hoover, who would have brought her in on sedition charges. House of Un-American Activities Committee, ring a bell with anybody? If this woman is not an un-American trying to destroy America, tell me who is. Military weighing mandatory COVID-19 vaccine after full FDA approval. Should the FDA approve it, then I am certain that Pentagon leadership will take a look at what our options are going forward, including the potential option of making mandatory. In other words, they're going to fascism. Tech and media moguls arrive at Sun Valley, Idaho, to decide your future on their private jets to talk about climate change. Oh, well, there's so much. Other. Should I give you the rest of the news? You've had enough. I think I've had enough myself before I go to the telethink. All right, let's go to the Drudge Report. I know many of you are very iffy about the Drudge Report. Hold on. Mm. Mm. I don't know what's going on with the Drudge Report. It seems to me like it's an arm of the uh, Fox News enterprise. It seems met very middle of the road. Anti-conservative, not even middle of the road. Certainly pro-Biden. It's an ice cream licking I mean, it looks like an ice cream licking site for him. Never saw anything negative about Biden on the Drudge Report. What's that about? So the headline today is uncertainty grows in Haiti. Port-au-Prince paralyzed. What's that about? What's the assassination in Haiti? Can only be about one thing. Drugs. Nothing else. Drug gangs. That's all. It's a transit point. Biden's plans to raise taxes losing momentum. Europe's summer in peril as France warns on Spain and Portugal. I don't know what that means. I guess COVID again. Job openings stay at historic high. That's to show how great Biden is. Most of it is unbelievable because most people... I, I spoke to a guy the other day. Listen to this. Here's a headline. A third of hospitality workers won't return. Do you know why? Because Biden's paying them off. Do you know why they're not working? I, I, I spoke. You're not going to believe this story. I called a guy I knew when I was a teenager. I haven't kept in touch with him. He lives in the Bay Area. He will remain unnamed. I just wanted to touch base with him. I hadn't talked to him in five, four or five years. Hey, how are you doing, Billy? Blah, blah, blah. Fine. At the end of the story, I said, so what are you, what are you doing? He said, I'm retired. I said, you're retired? Because I knew he was never a rich guy. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I get $1,500 every two weeks from the government. He said, but that runs out in September. I said, okay, glad to speak with you. So, in other words, he's living on the grift, on Biden's uh, grift. Record 4 million people quit in the month. Job openings stay at a historic high. Do you understand what non-sustainable means? Do you understand what Biden and his communist, socialist, psychotic cohorts are doing to this country? If you don't, please stop listening to this podcast because I have nothing more to say to you. Let's jump to the New York Post and see what they have to say. Newest Trump Tower Baron shows off his six foot seven height in NYC. He's a big kid. Wow. Six seven? So Trump produced a basketball player. Melania's still looking hot. Rutgers receiver knocked the F out in vicious fight video. Okay, I'm not interested. Another Kardashian waste of human DNA, again showing off their disgusting bodies. I have no idea why anyone finds them attractive. They're the ugliest women on the planet. But then again, I grew up in a different time where shapeliness and saintliness went together. Capitalizing on being the son of a president, Hunter Biden art show sparks ethics concerns because you see he's selling his art. It's a pay for play kind of thing. It's not like John Nagy painting the dots. It's a fill in the money bags and then you get to buy the painting. Oh, here's the grisly assassination again. BLM chapter calls American flag a symbol of hatred only used by racists. Go to hell and drop dead. I wish to God that we had somebody in this government to bring them down. They are a seditious organization of gangsters. 
Now, what's going on in Haiti? Four mercenaries killed in gun battle. What was that about? Haitian president's body was riddled with 12 bullets. I was blown out, says a judge. But why? What was this about? President's office and bedroom were ransacked. Left eye blown out. Judge told the French language paper, bullet and level is forehead, one in each nipple, three at the hip, one in the abdomen. Despite Moise having his own security detail, part of a specialized unit of the Haitian National Police, only the president's wife, Martine Moise, was shot during the hit squad's raid. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. As in Cuba, the first lady was flown to Miami for surgery. Uh, that's the, the wonders, for example, of uh, Haitian medicine and Cuban medicine. One of the couple's three children, daughter, was home and was hit from the assassin in her brother's bedroom. This is sad. But what is this about? Why they tell us what it's about? Haiti's National Police late Wednesday said they had killed four of the suspected assailants and arrested two others. What is this about? Haiti's ambassador to Washington said the killers were professional mercenaries disguised as USDEA agents. So it's about drugs. His assassination still stunned the troubled nation and called a two week period of mourning. Blah, blah, blah. His death has further destabilized the political climate with two men claiming to be leading the country in his place. I don't understand it. It's got to be about drug money. That's all. And of course, now you know we're going to get another flood of Haitian refugees. Get ready for that one. The bleeding hearts will be out saying that we got to take in another three, 400,000 of them. We don't have enough Haitians right now. Take in more. Right. That's right. Haiti expert University of Miami says Haiti faces even more violence and death and failure as a democratic nation than ever before, which is hard to imagine given its recent and chaotic history. So get ready now. Sean Penn should go down there now, everyone else, and tell us we need to bring in 300,000 more uh, Haitians. That's all. That's what's coming next. Okay. Oh, God. I didn't want to do this, but I did it. Breitbart News Network exclusive. Marsha Blackburn. Taylor Swift would be the first victim of Marxism and socialist government. Of course she would. Of course she's smart. She knows what's going on. A new leftist society would smash the creative community. And the pop stars would be arrested. But they don't know that. That's why they're pop stars. They're drug addicts and stupid. Mm. Biden and Lightfoot steer clear of violent crime during Chicago visit. Oh, you expect truth from them? Biden is not far from, uh, from that either. All right, there's not much in the news that you don't know. You're not learning very much anymore. United Kingdom, 80% would choose to wear a mask. Of course they would. It's like Marin County, California, and San Francisco. They'd like to wear masks and blinders. Putting blinders and a mask, they could be good liberals. What else is in the news? I can't even look at it. You know, this Tucker thing is such crap, I can't even look at it anymore. It's a stunt. It's a stunt. Tucker Carlson was a liberal before he faked it as a moderate, before he faked it as a conservative. He does a very nice show job. I'm not jealous of him at all. I don't need what he has. I have much more than he has. But this stuff about the NSA spying on him, what is that about other than ratings? What's wrong with you people? What is this now? Candy to teachers union to be racist is to constantly, consistently deny like Donald Trump. I don't even know who that is. DHS Mayorkas, a terrible human being, a mook, a bum, This Mayorkas is a disaster. He wants more legal paths for illegal aliens. Look, this guy is a firecracker in the dam. Biden throws out Trump's crackdown on foreign student visa overstays. In other words, Biden now wants more Syrians, more Chinese, more of them to stay here. T-Lab says we must eliminate funding for CBP, ICE, and DHS. Isn't it time for a organization within congress under pelosi it'll never happen how about under the spineless worthless mcconnell senate to create a house of un-american activities and throw to lob occasional cortex and the other members of the squid in front of the squad and trace the foreign money coming in to their coffers yeah right i'm dreaming two-thirds of uk millennials and gen z support socialism that's because they're stoned and stupid and dangerous and they don't know what they're going to get. Eight and ten Brits would choose to wear a mask. They should also wear a, a blindfold because they're blind and deaf anyway. So what's the difference? You don't understand something. They're about to see a wave of communism hit their countries. And they won't even know what hits them when it happens. They'll blame it on the right wing. 
Have we done enough? Or is there another website I should go to before I go on to uh, how serious are the recent protests against the Palestinian Authority? I'm not interested. I'm on the Jerusalem Post. Palestinian Authority orders Palestinian businesses to remove Hebrew signs. Palestinians start applying for citizenship on the family unification laws. Liberalism will kill Israel, too. Israel's going to disappear eventually. I don't know how many years, 30, 40, 50 years. It'll disappear. As I told you, I interviewed an Israeli war hero who's a Sabra third generation, grandfather, father, and he fought in wars. Wonderful man. And he told me years ago that Israel will eventually be swept away by the sands of the desert. And here's an example again. Liberalism is killing everything it touches. It's killing America. It's killing Britain. It's killing France. It's killing Germany. It's killing Israel. And only God knows what's coming. On that cheerful note, I will pause on the news and coffee of the day. Take a big sip. Hold on. Mm. Oh, that was delicious. I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, we're going to talk about the father of the H-bomb, my Edward Teller interview from 1999, and what new things I have to say about it right here on the Savage Nation podcast. Be here or be nowhere. Michael Savage, a host like no other. And now we are going to replay the father of the H-bomb, Edward Teller. I have no idea how I managed to get this giant on my local radio show back in 1999. I really don't remember it. But I will tell you this. It is the most important interview of my radio career. I would say next to the one with Mr. Cohen, who invented the neutron bomb, which I will play for you at another time. Edward Teller is among the greatest minds in human history. And as I played the following interview, pay close attention to Reagan's Star Wars program, which he was a big part of that. And when I ask him, do you believe in God, what he says about that, what he has to say about religion, it's an interview that should live for decades. And you're very lucky to, I found it in my archives. My team found it. We're looking for great stuff for this podcast that no one else in the world could do but me. Now, if you look up Edward Teller, you'll see he's a controversial man. He's the real Dr. Strangelove. This man, this great man, he's one of the giants in the history of physics, was turned into a villain by the cancel culture movement run by the communist, socialist, left wing of that time. Why? Because he believed in strong national defense. Remember, he had fled Hitler, and then he had to flee communism. He fled fascism, then he fled communism, and he came to America, and he believed strongly in a strong national defense. He became one of the architects of Ronald Reagan's Star Wars program, and so for that reason, the left wing in this country, just like the left wing today, who wants to defund the police, defund the military, destroy the military, destroy our nuclear arsenal, the same elements of communism and subversion were going on then. So believe nothing of that. He was a great man. He'll be remembered in the history books as the great man he is, unless we lose the revolution, which looks very, very likely today. So where shall I begin? Let's begin at the beginning. And I'll begin with the fact that he was born in Hungary. He was an American theoretical physicist and the father of the hydrogen bomb. And Edward Teller, along with Leo Szilard and Eugene Wigner, helped urge President Roosevelt to develop an atomic bomb program in the United States. These are all Jewish refugees from Hitler, the greatest minds of our time in this world. They saved America. They're all Jewish for, for the Nazis listening to the show. Don't fall into the trap that Hitler did because you'll wind up with what happened to Germany. So Teller comes here joins the Los Alamos Laboratory in 1943 as group leader in the Theoretical Physics Division, and he becomes interested in the possibility of developing an H-bomb after Enrico Fermi suggested that a weapon based on nuclear fission could be used to set off an even larger nuclear fission reaction. So he keeps pushing his ideas for a fusion weapon, while other physicists were very skeptical that such a device would actually work. There's much more to the internal back and forth that goes on, the tensions within the world of physicists at Los Alamos. And uh, the name Klaus Fuchs comes up. 
It turns out that Klaus Fuchs was later revealed to be a Soviet spy. Edward Teller was one of the few scientists to actually watch with eye protection the detonation of the atomic bomb during the Trinity test in July of 1945, instead of following orders to lie on the ground with his back turned. Controversially, in 1954, Edward Teller testified against J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was the real Dr. Strangelove, during Oppenheimer's security clearance hearing. Are you listening to this? This is why he is hated by the left. This is why he was canceled by the left. This is why he's called the Dr. Strangelove of our time. It's because he knew that Oppenheimer, who had turned against the use of nuclear weapons, did not understand that we would be annihilated by the Soviet Union had we not developed our own. Tellum was also very interested in investigating non-military uses for nuclear devices. He was the main advisor to Israel on nuclear matters. Think about that, how smart he must be. Okay. So Teller contributed to the development, as you know, of the H-bomb. And we go back. We go back to the Soviet Union detonating its first atomic bomb in 1949. And Teller then works hard to convince President Truman to develop a crash program for the, for the H-bomb, which he believed was feasible. Okay. In 1950, Truman approves the hydrogen bomb program. Teller returns to Los Alamos later that year and begins working on a design. Teller collaborates with Polish mathematician Stanislaw Ulam, who came up with the first workable design for a thermonuclear device in 1951. A year later, the U.S. tests its first ever thermonuclear device at Eniwutak Atoll in the South Pacific. It was called a Mike Shot. It yielded 10 megatons of TNT, which was roughly a thousand times more powerful than the bomb dropped on Hiroshima seven years earlier. 10 megatons, a thousand times more powerful than the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. This design, which came to be known as the Tel Ulam design, still remains classified to this day. And so we look at his, his background. There's so much to tell. I can't do a whole biography. You could look it up. Let's go back to his childhood. He was a prodigy even as a young boy. He was born in Budapest in 1908, the son of a lawyer. And he belonged to a remarkable generation of Hungarian Jewish people who grew up in Budapest. They all went to the same school. They produced seven of the 20th century's most influential physicists and mathematicians. Aside from Teller, they included the mathematician Jean von Neumann, physicists Eugene Wigner, Leo Szilard, the engineer Theodor von Kármán. They're amazing. Wigner, Szilard, and von Neumann worked with Teller on the A-bomb. And their colleagues would smilingly refer to themselves as the Hungarian conspiracy. Who was he at an early age? He was a prodigy. He learned the fun of mathematics. He said he would stay awake in bed working out mathematical problems, such as trying to figure out in his head the number of seconds in a day without a calculator. You hear this? His father was unhappy when Teller announced he wanted to be a mathematician. He said, my father said I couldn't make a living that way, so he compromised on chemistry, but I cheated. I studied chemistry and mathematics. After two years, my father gave up and told me to study what I wanted, he recalled. And this was a time when mathematics and physics were still considered to be one field, and the place to study it was in Germany. So Teller leaves Budapest for the Karlsruhe Technical Institute and the University of Munich. This is interesting. While in Munich, he's run over by a trolley car in an accident and loses a foot. And for the rest of his life, he wears a prosthesis, a false leg, in other words, leaving him with a slight limp. Think about this for a minute. Think about the victim culture in America today, where if someone gets a broken hangnail or someone's uncomfortable with a word someone says about their race or their sex or their gender or their hair color, they sue somebody. Here's a guy loses a leg in a trolley car accident, wears a prosthetic device, and he goes on to receive a PhD at the age of 22 from the University of Leipzig in 1930. He writes his dissertation under Werner Heisenberg, the developer of the uncertainty principle, who would later work on Hitler's atom bomb project. This is so much detail here. I don't know if the average person is interested. So finally, Mr. Teller is forced to flee Germany with the rise of the Nazis. Thank God these Jews escaped. He emigrated to the United States in 1938, and he takes a position at the then great George Washington University, which is now turned into a swamp, a cesspool of left-wing garbage. And he collaborates with George Gamow in studies on radiation. I can't give you all the details. I'm not a physicist. You can read it for yourself. 
But the fact of the matter is, by the late 1930s, physicists in France, Germany, and Britain and the U.S. were moving toward the ability to break atoms and release the huge energy stored within the atoms. And this was all following Einstein's energy equals mc squared. Energy equals mc squared equals mc squared. The great fear among the non-German scientists was that Germany working under Heisenberg, who worked for Hitler, would be the first in harnessing this power for a weapon. They were afraid Germany would beat the U.S. to it. So Szilard tries to enlist Einstein, then the most famous scientist in the world, to get Washington's attention. In the summer of 1939, listen to this, Mr. Szilard decides to visit Einstein at his summer home on Long Island. And because Szilard could not drive a car, he asks Mr. Teller to drive him there. Teller wrote later, it was a little difficult to find Einstein. Quote, several inquiries failed to elicit the whereabouts of this obscure personage. That means Einstein. In the end, we asked the young girl, not yet 10 years of age, with two fairly long braids, who responded positively to an inquiry about a nice old gentleman with plenty of white hair. Einstein serves them tea and then signs the letter that Szilard had written for them. And contrary to folklore, Roosevelt probably never read the letter, but did listen to the economist Alexander Sachs, who brought the letter from Einstein and summarized it for him. And that began the steps that led to Los Alamos. Teller joked that he began his career in atomic physics as Leo Szilard's chauffeur. So Teller is one of the first to arrive at Los Alamos in April of 1943, and he helps Oppenheimer recruit and organize the Manhattan Project. He and his wife, Misi, brought his pride and joy, a 100-year-old Steinway piano, on which Teller boomed out Bach and Mozart to the distraction of his neighbors. He was 35 years old. We'll be right back after this quick break. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. I don't know where to go from here, truthfully. There's so much to tell you about it. And how I got the interview, I have no idea. I guess you should read it yourself. There's so many different interviews about him. Just remember this. Because he was exiled by the liberals in America, because of what he said about Oppenheimer, who was anti-military, anti-nukes, he wound up kind of an exile. He was an exile. He was exiled in physics. He was exiled from the scientific community. And the fact of the matter is, he didn't trust Oppenheimer. The reason was, it turns out that Oppenheimer's wife, brother, sister-in-law, and a former lover were communists. And Oppenheimer supported and belonged to a number of communist front organizations in Berkeley in the 1930s. Most of the scientists called to testify supported Oppenheimer and disputed the validity of the charge that Oppenheimer was then a security risk. Teller was one of the few exceptions. Now you understand why he was exiled. At the end of his generally complimentary testimony about Oppenheimer, listen to what he said about Oppenheimer as to whether Oppenheimer would be a security risk. These are 24 important words. Teller summarizes 24 words that triggered one of the most bitter feuds in the history of American physics. Listen to what he said, this genius. This is Teller on Oppenheimer, quote, I feel that I would like to see the vital interests of this country in hands, which I understand better and therefore trust more, unquote. He was a genius. He was trying to signal. He claims he only meant that Oppenheimer was a complex character and he did not fully understand them, but the effect was very, very damaging. What happened was Oppenheimer turns away from him. Oppenheimer loses his security clearance and retires back to Princeton in disgrace. With those words, Teller changed his life. This is important. A week later, Teller is visiting Los Alamos when he runs into physicist Robert Christie, a longtime friend and colleague. Teller put out his hand to shake Christie's. Christie looked down at the hand, spun on his heels, and without a word, walks away. Dr. Teller and his wife leave the dining room, return to the hotel. Teller later told in an interview he broke down and wept. He was exiled for years while Oppenheimer would take on the status of a folk hero because he was a leftist. Teller understood the danger we were in. He was not a villain. Oppenheimer was not a villain. The fact is, though, he understood very, very clearly, very, very clearly the danger this country was in with what was going on at the time in the Soviet Union. He said later on that he supported, well, listen to what he said about the Soviet Union. 
he said that the uh, military establishment understood him because he was an ardent supporter in the scientific community backing most major weapon systems. He opposed the salt talks on grounds that the Soviets simply could not be trusted. Do you disagree with him? He opposed the anti-ballistic missile treaty in 1972. He supported Safeguard, an anti-missile system designed to protect U.S. weapons from Soviet attack. He opposed the nuclear freeze movement. Listen to what he said, Dr. Teller. He said, nuclear war is for me a real possibility and has been for the last 40 years. That's what he said to an interviewer for Forbes magazine in 1980. He went on to say, if we went into a nuclear war today, there is practically no question that the Russians would win that war and the United States would not exist. For a quarter of a century, we have conceived of our situation as a balance of terror. And the dreadful point is that the terror is obvious. The balance is not. He said that in a speech to the National Press Club in 1982. Nuclear weaponry, he told the San Jose Mercury News reporter, quote, is not an obsession. It's my duty. I'm doing it because few others are doing it. And it's the route away from either Soviet world domination or destruction. There's so much more to be said about here that I can't say at all. And so here's a man who worked as a patriot. He was understood by the presidents of the country, mainly Ronald Reagan. And he was cursed by the leftists in the scientific community and the media who were all basically socialists or communists. And that's the end of that story. However, got him on my local radio show back in 1999. I really don't remember the story. I wish I could tell it to you. I don't remember. I don't know how I was able to get the father of the H-bomb, Edward Teller, on my show when I was still a local host. I really don't remember the story, but I'm lucky I found it in my archives. I'm luckier that I can play it for you now. I will give you one caveat. He has a very, very strong Eastern European English accent. He's very difficult to listen to. You may not want to listen to the whole interview. I implore you to try to listen to the interview. It gets easier toward the end. We have tried to fix the tape the best we could so you could listen to the giant of nuclear physics, Edward Teller, when I interviewed him back in 1999. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Savage. This is an interview that should live for many, many decades. Thank you. Now let's listen. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. One of the great minds of our century, a man I've admired for most of my adult life, that's Dr. Edward Teller, who now joins us on KSFO. Dr. Teller, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. I've had 30 minutes with my audience who've called in advance with questions for you. It's a pleasure. Uh, I, I may as well start with the obvious question because of the Cox report. Can you tell us, in your opinion, uh, just how damaged uh, our uh, nuclear uh, enterprise has been? I do not know, but my guess is that the importance of this so-called espionage is greatly exaggerated. Greatly exaggerated? Yes. That's intriguing. So you think there's a great political element to all of this? It is not my business to suggest whether it's political or whatever it is. But the point is that we are trying to keep secrets which people can discover for themselves. Uh -huh. In 50 years after things have been completed, some information gets transferred that might or might not be important. I know that the Chinese scientists are good, and if they wanted to, they probably could di discover some of these things for themselves. That's very interesting because... The important thing that should be kept are close details. And how important this is for another country to know, I do not, I cannot estimate, but uh, this is something no one can know unless he looks into it in very great detail. Dr. Teller, could you compare security at uh, labs such as Los Alamos today to, le to security 40 or 50 years ago? Is it different? To my knowledge, it has not been very different, except 
that perhaps the security during the war was less seri- less serious. Less serious than now. Right. Interesting. Because there were a great number of people, including myself, who came from abroad. And we now know that at least one of these people, a physicist, Klaus Fuchs, was a spy who did give away very important information, uh-huh. which at that time hurt the Soviets a lot. The response of Truman to that was not along the line of tightened security, but along the line of stimulating us to make faster progress. And that is an approach which I think is effective, and I approve of it. Well, how should the U.S., having said what you've said, which is that you believe the Chinese scientists who are excellent could possibly have developed many of these, uh, uh, mis- many of these um, uh, developments, discovered them on their own, uh, should we have this level of uproar, or let's put it another way, how should we, the people, or how should the government, in your opinion, if you were an advisor to them, which you may be today, respond to the theft of our nuclear uh, uh, secrets, so-called, by China? The same way that Truman responded to it. Accelerate our own work for more effective weapons of the future. More effective. More effective, very particularly more effective defensive weapons. Well, I want to talk with you about it because on on Ronald Reagan, you were a great proponent and still are of the uh, missile defense shield. And in a few moments when we come back with Dr. Teller, that's the subject I think that's most important today. Dr. Teller, can you bear with uh, this commercial break and we'll come right back? I probably can. Thank you. You're listening to The Savage Nation on Hot Talk 560 KSFO. 4.39 on KSFO Radio. We're speaking with uh, Dr. Edward Teller. People sometimes refer to him as the father of the hydrogen bomb. Dr. Teller, thank you for being with us. Dr. Teller... Before we go into the uh, missile defense shield, can you please explain to this audience how a neutron bomb uh, so, so-called works? What does it do? I don't think that anything like a neutron bomb exists. I heard that name. I don't know what it is. I think people are imagining things that are not there. That's quite a statement. Uh, so there are scientists, though, who claim that they developed uh, such a weapon and that the Chinese tested them. Uh, are you denying uh, that, they're, that they're telling the truth? I mean, are you saying that they're not telling the truth? I certainly can't confirm what they say. Okay, we'll let it go with that. Uh, then let's go to the next question. If a hydrogen bomb exists, which I'm sure it does because you do know it does exist, how do you defend against the hydrogen or a, an atomic weapon? It is very clear that missiles can be fired over long distances, can carry considerable weight, and can carry all kinds of dangerous things, bombs, atomic bombs, chemical or biological poisons. Mm -hmm. The important thing is that the ocean barriers are no longer defending us. And therefore, we must look for ways to shoot down incoming missiles. Okay, and to shoot them down, you once proposed, I think, under Ronald Reagan, a a so-called SDSI. Could you please uh, describe what that is? I do not know the abbreviation of what it meant precisely at the time. I can say what I think should be done now. Okay. Missiles are most easily destroyed, and at that they won't be easily destroyed at all. But relatively speaking, it's easier to destroy them shortly after takeoff. We should have satellites over the world which look for dangerous launches, and we should try to send down an object to collide with the oncoming missile as soon after its takeoff as ever possible. Mm-hmm. I cannot say that this will work. I can say that among the possibilities proposed, I consider that the one 
that is most likely to work and that should be strongly pursued. It is not pursued now. It is not pursued now. Uh, would the development of such a missile defense system be more feasible today than it would have been 15 years ago? I certainly believe it's more feasible for two reasons. Our methods of observation have improved and our computations have greatly improved. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if you observe how something is moving to find out how that it will be at a certain time from now can be more easily, more readily performed. Dr. Teller, th this is a touchy question because uh, you yourself were an immigrant to America when there was a degree of xenophobia in this country. Uh, I am the son of an immigrant from a European nation. Uh, this is a question that I think goes right to the heart of today's political uproar. Do we have American scientists in place capable of developing such anti-satellite technology? We have American scientists. We have some help from abroad. The whole thing is very difficult. I cannot say that it will succeed, but I can say that the more good people work on it, the better. And we should not refuse other people's help if we can possibly get it. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll be back in a moment with Dr. Edward Teller, the uh, great, great Dr. Teller on the Savage Nation. Many of you called earlier and asked what Dr. Teller would recommend for, for school-age children, who, uh, how we, we can develop the minds of some of the young. And I know that Dr. Teller, on occasion, uh, teaches... Uh, at least you used to teach occasionally at the Hebrew Academy. Is that true, Dr. Teller? I used to teach. I'm not doing it now. It's getting more and more difficult even to stand up. You know, I'm 91 years old. <laughs> but to teach was one of my great pleasures and the most important function. And the most important part of it is that a teacher must love his subject and must be able must have the ability to transfer this love to children. Mm -hmm. We'll be back in a moment with the great Dr. Teller here on KSFO. The more you listen, the louder your voice. Hot Talk 560 KSFO. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. KSFO Radio, San Francisco, 4.47 p.m. Dr. Teller joining us from the Hoover Institution. Doctor, thank you for being with us. Dr. Teller, you have lived through almost the entire century. You've worked with some of the great men. You are one of the great men of our century. Uh, you said you're 91 years old. God bless you. If you could tell us, how can we use science and technology to uh, benefit most of humanity or the, 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 the best number of us? What would you recommend? A very difficult question, and I don't claim to have the right answer. I have an answer worth of being discussed. Weather prediction. Let me tell you, in the middle of the century, we could predict the weather for day after tomorrow. Today, with an incredible, incredible improvement in computing facilities. We can predict weather for five days in advance. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's such a basic truth. Uh, here in the Bay Area, every time I look on the local news, they get it wrong for the next five days. I claim that we might be able to predict the weather not very long, but 15 days. Mm -hmm. And that would be very valuable. I claim that we might be able to do that for a billion dollars a year or less. Mm -hmm. But it would pay off. How so? A hundredfold, I think, maybe. You mean by predicting floods and such? That, but perhaps even more obviously in a more everyday fashion, people should know when to plant when to collect mm -hmm. our agricultural activities would be greatly improved and that would hold for the whole world. 
It so happens that weather, of course, moves from place to place. A really good weather prediction must be a global weather prediction. And weather prediction that helps everybody on Earth will get people interested in collaboration. And I think such interest in collaboration might well be a very good way to decrease the probability of war. Decrease the probability of war? Decrease. Yes, of course, but why? Because people have an interest in collaborating. Hmm, that's interesting. I would hope that that optimism translates to uh, all people in all countries. I don't think so. I will tell you that without optimism, we can't live. Mm. Without optimism, we can't live. Right. That is a great piece of advice. That is a great, I great... I think it's correct. Well, I, I believe you have to be... Pessimist, a pessimist is needed to foretell the future mm-hmm. possibilities. Mm-hmm. An optimist is even more badly needed to create a better future. Mm-hmm. Dr. Teller, I noticed that in 1934, you were brought to London, thank goodness, by the Jewish Rescue Committee. Were you raised in a religious home? No. Uh, at this point in your life, do you, do you, can I ask you this question, a personal question? Do you believe in a God? In God, rather? I am quite unwilling to talk about things I do not completely understand. Fair enough. There is plenty to say about things we do understand. <laughs> I will say one thing about religion. And that is that if you read the Bible and if you consider all the discoveries that have been made since the Bible has been written, it would be extremely important for religion to update the Bible so that one should understand how one can believe in such a thing and at the same time believe as we have to believe in the solid progress of science. Mm -hmm. This adjustment will have to be made from the religious side. It's a very important work, and I think progress in it can be made. That's fantastic. And I I would like to leave you uh, on that note, because that's an awful lot for me to comprehend. I think, let me see if I can translate that for myself and perhaps for my audience. Are you suggesting that the Bible should be reinterpreted in a modern scientific manner, and some of the statements made, shown, which have shown to be true, explained through a scientific point of view? The simple facts, starting from the point that Earth, as we know it, is a very small part of the universe. This was not known at the time the Bible was written. Mm. And the question is, how should you put it today? Mm-hmm. Well, that is only one of many examples. Well, you've got me thinking uh, about a million, a million things right now. I'm sure my audience has a million questions for you. Dr. Teller, I know that it's late in the day and you probably have plans, but I'm going to ask you this right on the radio. Would you be uh, willing or desirous to return at 5 o'clock uh, for a few more minutes on the radio and take some calls or... Uh, was this sufficient for the day? I'd be very happy to try and answer. Whether my answers will be any good, I don't know. Well, that is fantastic. I'm honored uh, Dr. Teller will join us again. We'll give him a seven-minute respite to... Uh, ha- not put on the phone. I will just hold it and you call me on the same line. It will be open. My ear will be to it. Thank you so much. We'll be back with Dr. Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, and a man who's made me think... And I thank him for that very much at 5 o'clock right here on KSFO Radio. This isn't about money. It's about responsibility. I'm Marcia Salter. Attorney Jeffrey Figer has been retained by the parents of a Columbine High School shooting victim to sue the parents of the shooters. Figer says the parents of Isaiah Scholes want $250 million. And Figer doesn't think the defendants will be able to argue effectively that they are not guilty of negligence. Surely, for instance, the parents of Klebold and Harris can't legitimately claim that they don't have responsibility for, for preventing high school students from amassing an arsenal, including uh, 
about guns and bombs. Figer says he will file the suit tomorrow in Denver. The tribunal which prosecutes war crimes is about to indict Yugoslav leader Slobodan Milosevic. The indictment could come as early as tomorrow. Here's how the U.S. Defense Department is reacting from ABC's Pam Coulter. The Pentagon is being very cautious about the prospect of a war crimes indictment for Slobodan Milosevic, but spokesman Ken Bacon said NATO doesn't have to worry about negotiating a peace deal with an accused war criminal. There are five conditions NATO has set down, and all he has to do is act. He doesn't have to talk or sign anything to meet those conditions. Another Pentagon official said an indictment would not affect the NATO air campaign, but it would dramatically raise the personal stakes for the Yugoslav president. NATO reports a record number of attack flights today, including additional hits on President Milosevic's villa west of Belgrade. Beefing up security and tightening controls on technology experts in the wake of, or rather exports, in the wake of a House report on Chinese espionage, Congress pledging to plug any leaks. Ivan Eland of the Defense Policy Study at the Cato Institute doesn't think the situation is as critical as some are making it out to be. Uh, we're still way ahead. We're going to be way ahead. Uh, this is a serious incident, but I don't think we should get hysterical about it. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrials up 171 points. This is ABC News. Good afternoon, Mike State. Hot Talk 560 KSFO. A man from Maine is dead after being shot during a robbery in San Francisco late last night. Inspector Kevin Cleary tells ABC 7 News the victim and his friend were walking home on Vallejo Street when they were approached from behind by two black men. Uh, they demanded money from him. He actually complied, uh, gave him their, his, his wallet, uh, told him they could take the money from information that we've gathered. Mm -hmm. um, they took his wallet and then they um, shot the victim twice. The friend was able to get away. 29-year-old Shane Worcester died of his injuries late this morning. Worcester, who was here visiting friends, was supposed to go home to Portland, Maine today. The police also say there was another robbery in the nearby Marina District earlier Tuesday evening. It's possible the two may be related. They're looking for three suspects in all right now. State lawmakers have introduced legislation that would prohibit gun shows in public places. This until authorities can certify that state and federal laws will be enforced. This legislation in response to recent purchases by undercover state agents of illegal weapons at a Southern California gun show. University of California and 6,000 registered nurses and nurse practitioners at 10 of its medical centers and student health services They've reached a tentative agreement on a new collective bargaining contract. A California Nurses Association spokesman says the settlement puts an end, quote, to years of takeaways and breaks important new ground in some critical areas, including safe staffing and expanded rights on the job for UC nurses. Solano County supervisors have decided not to distribute condoms and sex education pamphlets to gay men in spots notorious for attracting public sex. This over concerns that the program would condone the sexual behavior. The county's health department suggested distributing such materials at public sites such as the Hunter Hill Rest Area along I-80, where gay men are known to frequent. All this in an effort to reduce the spread of AIDS, AIDS and HIV, but supervisors said no to that idea. Let's check traffic on KSFO. A serious crash in Cupertino is south 85 at Stevens Creek Boulevard. And then the crash is in the two left lanes. The two right lanes are now open. CHP there. The backup is to Homestead. Eastbound 580 slows from Foothill San Ramon Road headed for El Charro Road. Watch for a vehicle fire in Orinda. This after you're, after you're out of the uh, Caldecott Tunnel, East 24 at Fish Ranch Road, the fire is reported to be on the shoulder. News brought to you by the New York Times for Money and Business on Monday. Read Money and Business on Sunday. It's financial news you can use every Sunday in the New York Times. Expect the world. Tonight, generally fair except near the coast. We'll have generally sunny skies tomorrow. After the burnoff, highs upper 50s on the coast tomorrow to the lower 80s in some spots. With the news and views you won't hear anywhere else, I'm Mike States, Hot Talk 560, KSFO. So hot, you can hear the difference. KSFO, San Francisco, San Jose, San Bruno. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. The 
Welcome back. This is our uh, number two, the second hour of the Savage Nation for May 26, 1999, Wednesday. Michael Savage with one of the great minds of our century, Dr. Edward Teller, who is joining us live uh, direct from the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. In the opening uh, segment of this conversation or interview, however you want to put it, I was shocked because uh, Dr. Teller said the following. He said that the so-called spying and so-called theft of secrets by China uh, may not be true. He said he does not know if there was any theft or spying. And I said, how can you say that? He said, because the uh, scientists in China are perfectly capable of having developed uh, these nuclear technologies on their own. That was a mind-blower. Another statement that he made uh, is that there is no such thing as a so-called neutron bomb. That's something I have never heard before. I thought it was a given fact. And so there have been some, I think, astounding news developments in the first segment of the interview here on KSFO Radio. And now we return to the great Dr. Teller, and we'll take a few calls only here on KSFO Radio. Dr. Teller, thank you for your patience. I'm very much interested in the question. In the passion? In the question. In the question. <laughs> well, I'm interested in the passion of my question. Uh, we're going to get the first uh, question from a listener who sent it in a bit earlier uh, before you join us on, on the show. Could a nuclear war, this is a, a sort of weird pessimistic question. I know that you like optimists. Can a nu- could a nuclear war be won? Is there any such thought? I think that's a possible statement. No war can be won. What can be won is a cold war in which no one was killed. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect answer. Very mathematically correct and perfect. Uh, therefore, I won't ask you what you think about the war in Yugoslavia because it breaks my heart and there's no point in going down that road. Uh, we've touched on the issue of security in the labs today. Does fusion, hot or cold, have any possibility of success? as an energy source? Fuse it as an energy source. I do not know, but I have strong opinions. I think it can be done. I greatly doubt that it can be done economically. Mm -hmm. Nuclear energy can be used in nuclear reactors, which are much safer than the public is willing to believe. I think they could be even made more safe by appropriate measures, by locating them deep underground and a few additional precautions. I think nuclear energy could be used for a long time and very effectively, but I think the best form for this kind of use for in reactors would be indeed in reactors is efficient as a uranium-type source rather than a hydrogen-type source. So then, which nation in the world is the most advanced in terms of uh, using nuclear energy? I do not know. We have sadly neglected it. Mm -hmm. I don't know the details of their work, but I do know that the French relying on their nuclear energy a great deal, mm-hmm. probably exporting some, mm-hmm. and a few other countries. I am really very much interested in the fact that Hungary, a minor case, is deriving more than a third of its electricity from nuclear sources. Mm. The United States, because of scares which are unjustified, is falling behind quite a few other nations. In the terms of using nuclear energy. We have a former colleague of yours on the line who I don't know, June in Hillsborough. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Thank you for letting me uh, come on, uh, Michael. Yes, what is your question for Dr. I'm sorry. The question was when uh, um, Dr. Teller was feted at the Palace of Fine Arts, Hungary was celebrating it. One of the anniversaries, he would know much better than I. And my little granddaughter, five years old, put her little palm in his, and she was five at the time, three years ago. He told her something about in five years he would be 100. I, I, I don't know if that's exactly what he said. But the question I have, he carried an eloquent, it looked like mahogany, 
uh, stick uh, which supported uh, his walking. All kinds of beautiful shapes. And I wanted so much to ask him then, except everybody was trying to shake his hand, where would he acquire or did he acquire that, I don't know if you want to call it a cane, but it was so different. Okay, Dr. Teller, on a very, very down-to-earth level, where did you get your walking stick? I got my walking stick from my son. I was quite sick for a while, and that was his present on my recovery. And I needed it. Do you know where it comes? Got it at a very strange place. He bought it in Chicago. <laughs> and we don't know the origin of the of the uh, of the cane from there on. Okay, Ash in Oakland. This will be a good question for Doctor Teller. What is it, please? Hello, Michael, and hello, Doctor Teller. It's an honor to speak to both of you. Kasanam, uh, Doctor Teller. Um, my question is, 55 or 60 years ago, did you imagine that this technology, being in its infancy, did you imagine that it would proliferate as it has, and it would exist in many countries, and there would be hundreds of thousands of nuclear bombs? Or did you think that it was going to be used for specific purposes and then suppressed and kept at a low level? I'll take my answer off the air. Again, Kassanam, thank you very much. Thank you, Ash. Dr. Teller, please. My job, as I saw it, was to find out what can be done and to do it in the best possible form. Fortunately, in the course of time, we did go ahead and we did as well as anybody else or perhaps a little better. The result, to prevent a war, was my aim, and I did not know whether a third war could be prevented or not. That so many of these bombs would be produced, I did not anticipate, and I now think that it may not have been necessary. Uh, the details of the future I certainly could not find, but the actual outcome that the Soviet Union cease to be communistic is a very fortunate one which I hoped for but I did not hope it would come so early I am now a little disappointed because we don't seem to take so as great an advantage of the peaceful possibilities that exist in the world with active communism gone in Russia hmm. Dr. Teller, I think I'm going to leave it at that. I have so much to think about from what you have said uh, that I don't want to press you uh, any further. Would you like to leave my very, very devoted audience with any thoughts before you leave us today on this radio program? Let me leave it, leave the program with a simple thought. I have lived through times the First and Second World War, which were even more dangerous, certainly for the country where I was, Hungary, than the world is today for the United States. That uh, future is dangerous, is full of danger, is no use for me. But I firmly believe that in this dangerous world, more knowledge more science, better ability to use science, and the determination to keep the peace as long as possible. These are the things I firmly believe, so, believe in. We need more science, not less. Dr. Teller, do you have any regrets of your discovery, inadvertent though they may be? I worked hard on it. I certainly have no, reg no regrets. I believe that I may have contributed to a small extent to President Truman's right decision to try to stop the Soviet Union by peaceful means. To the extent I could contribute to that, I am just the opposite of being sorry. Well, God bless you, Dr. Teller. You've been one of my scientific heroes for as long as I knew what science was, and you've certainly enlightened my audience today on KSFO Radio. Thank you. Good night now. Good night. And I shall return. For those of you who have been requesting 
that we provide for you, an ad-free podcast. We're going to keep doing that. And in addition to getting the ad-free podcast, which many of you want, for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month, only $3.99 a month, you're going to get an occasional monologue from me. Maybe I'll read from one of my novels. You're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994. Whatever comes up, you're going to get on an occasional basis. Details will be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. I'm going to give you a link right now. And if you want to join, simply go to michaelsavage.com and click on the exclusive club link. It's that easy. You're going to get things you can't get anywhere else. And thanks for supporting the Michael Savage podcast. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.